You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. We're talking about how you can turn the tables on the devil. And that's one of the greatest lessons of temptation. That's what the scriptures revealed. You know, so many people have the idea that when a trial comes, even when we win it, we were still delayed, we were still held up, we lost a lot of time, we lost a lot of progress. I'm here to tell you that's not the way that it works. When you stand on God's Word and find deliverance, when you stand the way you're supposed to, uh, you don't just get back what you had before. You get back further. You go further. You get back more than what you had before. That's the idea. And I'm going to show this to you from the Word. Listen to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9, King James Version. Be sober. What does that mean? <clears throat> It means to be free from things that would intoxicate you. Now, people wouldn't think this way, but fear is an intoxicant. Fear takes you away from a rational mind. You do not think straight when you are full of fear. It has the effect of a drug on your decision-making abilities. Be sober, be vigilant, meaning that you're to watch something. What are you watching? You are watching the Scriptures. You're watching Jesus. You're watching the ways that God leads you. That's what vigilance is. It's not that you're looking for the devil wherever you walk. That's not it. Be sober. Be free from intoxicants. Be vigilant. Keep your eyes open to the good things of God's Word because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brothers that are in the world. Now, <clears throat> what the devil wants to do is he wants to push you into the jaws of destruction. And we've talked about this. Lions will divide up, and the females will get on one side, and the male lion will get on the other, and he'll roar, and people run from the roar right into the jaws of the female lionesses, and uh, they, they destroy, they tear you apart. They're the real hunters. The lion, uh, the male comes in, eats after the females have done all the killing. And uh, so you have to learn not to panic. Now, sober thinking is simply acting on the teachings of God's Word. Had an uncle uh, who was called a pastor, and his younger brother actually uh, started pastoring before him. They both got their call to ministry roughly the same time, but the door opened for the younger brother to go first. And there was a church who was interested in the older brother coming, uh, but the door had not yet opened. And so there was a little bit of anxiety about whether or not it would. Uh, there, he had gone, he'd tried out, he'd preached, but they didn't have word yet for him. And so they spent some time in prayer. One night they had a friend over, and they were at the house praying, 
And the friend fell into a sense of panic and began to prophesy and begin to say, tonight, tonight's the night, leave tonight. Well, the whole idea was in order to see God move and to make God move, you've got to do something spectacular. Well, it wouldn't have made any sense for them to leave that night. There was nowhere to go. They had too much business to take care of first. They had to sell their house. Their kids didn't have all their clothes packed. It's going to take a truck to haul all their furniture. So this idea that they needed to leave immediately uh, was just sheer panic. And it's this idea that in order to get God to help you, you have to do something spectacular. Do you know that that kind of thinking comes straight from the kingdom of darkness? That's what Satan said to Jesus when he took him to the top of the temple. He said, if you are the son of God, cast yourself down, do something drastic, do something spectacular, the angels will catch you. That's not God's leading. God never leads people in great leaps God leads people in steps. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. Steps are typically not very spectacular, but they do eventually lead to something spectacular that God does, but not you. You will never be called on to do anything supernatural. You will never be called on to work a miracle. You know, the great miracle of the Red Sea didn't involve one single Hebrew. All they had to do was walk. They crossed over the bottom of the Red Sea. They went on the dry ground. Even Moses, the one who led them, had to walk across it too. They didn't have to do anything spectacular. Now, the Holy Spirit leads us in taking normal steps. I remember uh, one night when I was ministering to kids in 1979, there was a little deaf girl who was instantly healed of deafness in my children's church. I didn't do anything spectacular that night. I sensed that God was going to do something special, but I preached a sermon I never preached before, and he gave me an idea for this sermon. I made a whip out of leather straps, and I paid a little boy out of my children's church to let me put little straps, uh, uh, stripes of blood on his back, his fake blood. And my wife actually did that when I was beating a chair. Now, the kids couldn't see uh, the chair. They could only see me throwing a whip out and, and beating something. And then we brought the little boy out, and he had those red stripes. Of course, they were pretty keen and pretty smart. They knew I didn't hit the kid. Uh, but they saw all the stripes, and this little girl, being deaf, could see. And her brother gave her just enough information in sign language to put faith in her heart. She came forward for prayer. Now, I put my fingers in her ears, and I prayed for her, and I rebuked the deaf spirit. I prayed for healing. I didn't know. I asked God to create whatever was missing in her ears. I had no idea what it caused the deafness. She got scared. I told her, don't worry. It's going to work. She, her ears popped open right there in, in the prayer line, but not completely. She went back to her seat, and while I was doing a puppet show immediately after that, her ears popped open fully. She told her brother she could hear, and, and it was a great story. Now, I didn't do anything spectacular to make that happen. All I had to do was obey. I just did what God put in my heart. And sometimes people think that when something great happens, it's because we do something great. No, we take steps of obedience. We do not have to make big, drastic moves. you got to remember, Satan is a roaring lion. That means he's a big talker. Big talkers, both positive and negative, 
are moving to get you to make a move that's drastic. So, you know, this, this person that was trying to influence my uncle was trying to get them to take a move of foolishness. Now, I'll tell you a story that happened to me. When I was raising money to outfit my television studio, there was a man who was an accountant who came into my ministry. We knew who it was. We'd seen him before. And he told my general manager, there is a group of people who will come in the next 30 days and make a gift of $1 million to Willie George Ministries. Man, I was excited. I thought that'll really help us. We could get all this TV gear that we need, and I'm just going to do that, and I'm waiting for this million dollars. So I began to put some of my other things on hold. I had some other ways to get the money, but I kind of let them slide for just a little bit. And this guy comes 30 days later and says, it's been held up, but don't fear, it will come. That went on every month for, for six months. Six months later, he never came through. Now, I had already suspected that it wasn't going to happen, but I learned something. I learned that you could be distracted by good news as well as you can be distracted by bad news. And the good news was a leap. A million dollars was way more than we'd ever been given before, and I'm not saying God can't do it. And over the years, God has given us millions of dollars to do the things that He has led us to do. God did provide but it wasn't in the spectacular way that I really wanted to see it. It did come. Big talkers then spread fear or they push people forward with unrealistic, unfounded words. Now, <clears throat> let me show you the character of God in leading us forth. The angel Gabriel told Mary, you're going to have this baby, and it's all amazing, and it's all supernatural. But then he wants to confirm to her, that you can trust God at his word. He says, your cousin Elizabeth is now six months pregnant. And it was said she would never have a baby, but she is. The next morning, Mary got up and went to where Elizabeth was and sure enough found out that her cousin Elizabeth was expecting the baby. And Elizabeth began to prophesy and she confirmed to Mary everything that the angel Gabriel had said to her a few days before. Now that's how God leads. God confirms. In other words, you walk a few steps and you can see this is right. It checks out. When God leads us on a path, he follows it with confirmations and with open doors. Let me read to you 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19, 20, and 21, King James Version. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. Now stop. Why would anybody despise a prophecy? Well, it's because in this New Testament age, all people have the Spirit not, uh, that are born again. You have the Spirit when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, and so He's available to all of us who are born again. Now, in the Old Testament, only a few prophets carried this super heavy anointing, and they were under special assignment. <clears throat> Their words then were infallible. And so you don't judge the prophets, you judge the words in the New Testament. So when someone speaks something and they get it wrong, we don't stone them like they did in the Old Testament. Somebody asked me why. Why don't we show harshness to people in this New Testament age? And here's why. You and I have the Holy Spirit, and we can judge whether or not something's right or not. We have this sense inside us. When I was in Bible school, 
there was a Jesus freak at a coffee house that I went to a lot. And one night he told me, uh, and, and I was enamored with him because it was in the, the heyday of the Jesus movement. And here's this guy who was doing what I wanted to do. He was in a van going cross country, has long hair and a beard and wearing army uh, coat and big old boots. And, and I'm thinking, wow, how romantic is this? And I'm going to Bible school and I got to keep a haircut and keep dress code, wear a tie to class every day. And this guy's living the life. But this guy told me that I was compromising, that I was weak in faith because I was going to Bible school. And, and, and he told me that anything that had to do with money was, was the people in greed. So because I was paying tuition and all of that, this was all wrong, and I needed to trust God by faith. You know what this guy was doing? He was just a bum. He was traveling around the country depending on handouts, laying guilt trips on people, and depending on handouts from other people who did have jobs, who did work, who did contribute to society. He's a leech. Now let me tell you what happened. There was a spirit on this man, and that spirit followed me back to my dormitory. It was heavy on me for about two or three days, and I wondered, should I just get in my car and drive off? Should I just leave this place? Should, should I not tell my uncle, the pastor who helped put me through this and helped send me here? Should I just ignore him? And Because I knew what he would say. If I called him, he would disagree with this altogether because I knew he had common sense. And I realized this is a great lesson for me. I need to realize there's more than one voice in the world. And I started learning that there is the voice of the Holy Spirit, but there's also the voice of the devil and darkness. And sometimes, not everything negative is always direct evidence of the devil, but, but this was a spirit. And just as the Holy Spirit is on an accurate word, demonic spirits can be used to steer you in the wrong direction. So listen again to 1 Thessalonians 5. Quench not the spirit, don't despise prophecies. Don't throw out all the prophecies just because somebody gets it wrong. Prove all things. That means check things out. Hold fast to that which is good, meaning that there are some things that are good, some things that are not. Hold on to the good stuff. And the stuff that's not good, let it go. So I learned a lot about how to follow God by not being pushed into the spectacular. It's all the time I have for today, but we'll be back tomorrow. See you then. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.